and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. Sometimes we do the Parsha in a mini-talk kind of a lesson. Sometimes we do it in a long-talk lesson. This time it's going to be another mini-talk, but in general we try to talk about the Parsha with some practical lessons for our own lives that we could try to bring it with us throughout our days. So we're looking at Parsha's MR. We're talking about the Pasuk in Perikhaf Gimel, Pasuk Bet, Elam Moadei, these are the appointed times of Hashem, the callings of holiness, Mikra e Kodesh, which you shall call in their appointed time, that you have to do at their time. The question is, why, first of all, why do we have all these times? And we've gone through different, you know, holidays together. We've talked about Hanukkah, we've talked about Purim, we've talked about Pesach. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Shavuos too. We talked about Sukkot. We talk a little bit about each of the holiday, but what what really can we glean from different points, different aspects throughout the year? What can we glean from different things that are appointed? Why are they appointed by Hashem? Why are they called callings? Why are they designated in a set time? Why can't I do Sukkot at Pesach time? And why can't I do Pesach at Sukkot time? Why can't I do Shavuos in the winter? Maybe I want to have a nice dairy holiday in the winter. Why do I got to wait till it's almost summer? So there's a reason and a purpose, of course, and Rashi immediately picks up on it, and the sources are from Chabad. Speak to the children of Israel, the Lord's appointed holy days. Designate the times of the festivals so that all of Israel will become accustomed to them, meaning that they should proclaim leap years for the Jews in the diaspora who had uprooted themselves from their place to ascend to Jerusalem for the festivals, but who had not yet arrived in Jerusalem. The leap year would enable them to arrive in time. Consequently, in, ensure, in ensuing years, they would not lose hope of arriving on time, would be encouraged to make the pilgrimage, would be encouraged to make themselves uprooted to go travel to Jerusalem. There's special, specific times throughout the year. We know we have the Chag HaAsif, the, the Chag of the, the collecting. We have the Chag of Katsir, of cutting. We have the, the Chag HaSimcha, and we have the, the, the Chag HaMatzos, of course. We have the different major, major holidays, the major festivals that were specifically put at different times in the year. So that throughout history, people would be able to make the pilgrimage, to make the Aliyah to Israel, to rise up and to travel to Israel in order to make it on time. Notice how Hashem doesn't make any major festival in the winter, because Hashem doesn't want to inconvenience us. Hashem doesn't want to make it us too difficult for us to go to Yerushalayim. He's not going to make us go in the harsh winter months. He has us go in springtime when it's getting beautiful weather out, and He has us go before summer, before it gets too hot. Still really good weather out for Shavuos, and then for Sukkot, he makes it where it's slightly cold, but really not not that uncomfortable, unless you have a really cold circus, which happens sometimes. But he makes it where hopefully there's not too many bugs, hopefully there's not too many bees. I am deathly afraid of bees for all my years. My wife is allergic to bees, so that's not very pleasant if we ever get them in the sukkah. But in general, Hashem makes it that it's it's a good time, a good aspect to make the aliyah, to make the pilgrimage to Israel. Hashem makes it that it's comfortable, that it's convenient. So we think about how the holidays are put at these times of the year. There's no holiday that requires us to go out and about to go pilgrimage out in the winter. Even Purim 
is really towards the end of the winter, really coming towards the spring. Even Hanukkah, it's not a holiday that we have to venture out. We light candles in our own home, trying to illuminate the world around us. We, we sing songs, we eat latkes, we eat the food in our own home. We don't have to go out to Yerushalayim when the base English was standing. We, we light in our own homes and we don't have to go outside for a sukkah or anything like that. And Hanukkah doesn't even have, you know, those those extra special prayers of, of Musa for anything like that. Although, of course, we're happy and we jo- we are joyous. So Hashem makes it this special festival. He makes it so that the Jews can be involved, the Jews can ascend, and the Jews can glean something. We want to make sure they don't lose the hope that they'll come on time, that they'll make the pilgrimage, and that they'll be involved and they'll be going to see Hashem's presence more manifested in the aspect of Israel, in the aspect of Yerushalayim, in the aspect of the Beis HaMikdash. Chabad points out from the Hasidic masters, the festivals are called callings of holiness, Mikra e Kodesh, in the sense that each is a landmark in time at which we are empowered to call from the particular holiness or spiritual quality embedded within it. Each holiday has some aspect that could relate to us, that could pull something out of us that we can connect to and that we could bring to our own lives. So on our first Passover, for example, on our first Pesach, Hashem granted us the gift of freedom. Yitzias Mitzrayim happened on Pesach. The first Pesach actually was in Mitzrayim and we, we slaughtered the animal even though it was the Egyptians' god. Quote-unquote, their god, quote-unquote, obviously only Hashem is the real, true god. And we showed that we had we had, we had faith in Hashem. We, we believed that we would be protected by Hashem, that He would take care of us. And He gave us the real freedom on all levels. We became a politically free entity. We became a spiritually free, free entity, an emotionally free entity, and a physically free entity on all aspects, a nation-free aspect. This was pointed out many years ago in the Haggadah Shir and Reishit in my yeshiva by Rav Arya. I forget who he pointed it out to, but there were different aspects of freedom that were given to us. So a person can be free in one sense, but not really be free in another sense. A person living in Gaulus is not free to live in his own Jewish land. He's in Gaulus. He's not in Israel. He's not in Eretz Yisrael. A person can be free, quote-unquote free, to do with what he wants, but if he's a servant to a master, he has to work on a, on a farm, he's not really free. If a person is told you have to be Greek, you have to be Roman in the many years of our past, or you have to do Christianity, you have to do Islam, you're not really free. So in Mitzrayim, we got all levels of freedom, the real, real, true sense of the word. And we had a whole talk about this. One of our audios was about what real freedom means. Real freedom means being able to serve Hashem on all levels and doing the mitzvahs, doing the Torah. There's no greater freedom than someone involved in the mitzvahs and involved in the Torah life as much as possible. On the first Shavuot, the Hasidic masters point out, he gave us the Torah coming up in a couple of weeks. The Chag of the Torah, of Kabbalah Satora, receiving the Torah, which is, of course, the blueprint for life, which is, of course, the guidebook, not a history book, not just a lesson book, not just a halacha book. It's a guidebook. As Rabbi Foreman explains in one of his series, the best way to look at the Torah, he explains is that it's a guidebook, whether we need stories to guide us, whether we need halachot to guide us, whether we need failings of our leaders or failings of the Jewish people to guide us, whatever we need, Hashem puts in there to guide us. And of course, in the Talmud and all the commentaries, 
and all the mafarshim and sfarim, how we could be guided best in life to try to make the best choices, grappling with whatever we have to deal with every day. On Rosh Hashanah, God became king of the universe. That's what comes from that holiday. And on Yom Kippur, we needed the gift of tshuva, and so on. But freedom, wisdom, awe, joy, peace, and the other divine gifts, granted in the course of our history, are constant needs of the soul. They are the spiritual nutrients that sustain her in her journey through life. I would also add in Shabbos, every week we need a little bit of rest. We need a little bit of spiritual recharging. We need a little bit of re, re-energizing and rebooting ourselves, so to speak. It's almost as if we're resetting ourselves every week. How I look at Shabbos, it gives us that wonderful boost we need to get through the week, the mundane, the routine, the the the, the pitter-patter of our feet to work and to school and to home. Shabbos, we take a step back. We don't have to do any of that stuff. We daven, we sing, we we eat. We, we are involved in, 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 in our children and our spouses. And for my wife and I especially, we try to sit and read and just take in the Shabbos, enjoy the Shabbos, especially our Jewish novels I talk about many, many, many times. We recharge ourselves. Shabbos gives us, and I love Shabbos, I love Shabbos. People look at Shabbos as an onus, and I say, wow, I wish it was already Shabbos. I love Shabbos. It's not an onus. It's a wonderful thing to be able to have Shabbos, to prepare for Shabbos. People go crazy. They spend their whole Friday or Wednesday or Thursday, and I say to my wife, why are people making themselves crazy? We have it down to a science. We could prepare Shabbos in a half hour to an hour. Before I see my students now working remotely, a lot of times I get ready for Shabbos. I get it down. To about a half hour to an hour, I, I put the spices on the broccoli, I throw it in the oven. You know, I, uh, I set up the cauliflower, put the spices, throw it in the oven. Chicken nuggets, put them in the oven. The, uh, set up the chillant, put it on the timer to, to cook for the day. Set up the soup, put it on the timer to sit for the day. The, 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 the kugel, where we just put some sugar and cinnamon, throw it in the oven. doesn't have to be where we feel overwhelmed. It doesn't have to feel we feel pressured, especially if you have little kids in the house or there's only the parents and one kid or two kids or three kids, especially if they're teenagers or older. You don't have to do a hundred things. You don't have to make yourselves overburdened. It shouldn't feel like a pressure. It shouldn't feel like a job getting ready for Shabbos. It should, if it's done in that way, something is wrong. Something is off. It should be, I know I have to cook for Shabbos, but I'm going to get it done in a functional, time-orderly manner where I have it down to a science. I always send in my order with my wife every week. By Monday, Tuesday, they deliver by Wednesday from the local kosher supermarket. I know exactly what I need so I can have the chillant for all of us. you know. And, and on Shabbos Day, we eat the chillant, and the kids are more than happy to eat them. My wife and I are more than happy. We get majorly full from it. We don't have to make 17 courses. doesn't make sense. Friday night, after the challah and the gefilte fish, we have the chicken soup. And most times, we're more than full already by that time, and we're ready to get very tired. Yeah, I'll make a lot of other stuff, but we don't really need to have all that other stuff. And and when we figure out how to approach the festivals, how to approach the Shabbos, it doesn't have to feel overwhelming. It doesn't have to feel over-encompassing. It shouldn't feel like a job or a burden. It should feel like we're waiting to be infused in our lives with different aspects of the year. Everything comes, everything gives us to the constant needs of the soul, the spiritual nutrients that sustain her throughout the journey of life. God embedded these qualities within the very substance of time and set appointed times at which they can be accessed. Every year, 
We have different elements of the year where we access different things. Each year when we arrive at the juncture of time where a particular spiritual quality has been embedded, we are granted the ability to access it once again. The special mitzvahs of each festival are the tools with which we call forth the holiness of the day. For example, eating matzah on Passover, on Pesach, unearths the gift of freedom. Sounding the shofar on Rosh Hashanah calls forth its quality of awe. And you would say on Sukkot, you know, shaking the Arba Minim, sitting in the Sukkah brings the happiness, brings the joy. On Hanukkah, lighting the lights brings the spirituality, brings the light into the darkness. Every act we do brings forth different things based on the holiday. Learning Torah on on every day and every holiday, but especially on, on Shavuos for those who stay up at night or even if you study a little bit at night. And uh, on, on all the different holidays, doing different things. And on Shabbos, you know, singing, learning, and, and, and interacting. Different things we could do to bring forth those wonderful qualities throughout the year. The Mari Yecheska points out, A king was traveling through the desert, and his son, the crown prince, thirsted for water. But instead of dispatching a horseman to fetch water from the nearest town, the king ordered a well to be dug at that very spot and to mark it with a signpost. At the present time, explained the king to his son, we have the means to obtain water far more quickly and easily. But perhaps one day, many years in the future, you will again be traveling this way. Perhaps you will be alone without the power and privilege you now enjoy, then the well we dug today will be here to quench your thirst. Even if the sands of time have filled it, you will be able to reopen it if you remember the spot and follow the signpost we have set. This is what Hashem did for us by establishing the festivals as those, at those points in time when He initially granted us the gift of freedom on Passover, the joy on Sukkot, and the Kabbalah Satorah on Shavuos, and lighting our fires of our soul on Hanukkah, and, and being able to rejoice on Purim. Every single festival brings to us something to, to think about and something to infuse ourselves. Even Kohelis teaches, Shlomo HaMelech teaches, that ace, there's an ace for this and an ace for that. There's a time for this and a time for that. Eight Ler Kod, Eight Liv Kot, Eight Litzchok. And, um, and uh, there's a time for mourning. There's a time for happiness. There's a time for everything. Hashem designates everything for us. Each time throughout the year gives us something and teaches us something. And we gain something from different things, different holidays throughout the year. And we should be gaining something from Shabbos every week, of course. Re-energizing ourselves, revitalizing ourselves, resetting ourselves, so to speak. Rebooting ourselves for the week to come. If Shabbos doesn't give you menucha, if Shabbos doesn't give you a wonderful experience, Experience, then something is wrong, something is off with the Shabbos that we have to take a look at. Blinader, every week I try to ask my wife, did you have a good Shabbos? Was it a nice Shabbos? Was it a beautiful Shabbos? And, and Baruch Hashem, usually we say yes, unless something was crazy with the kids or whatnot. And usually she asks me back and I say yes, just to have the Shabbos, to spend it with the wife and kids, to, to read on Friday night, to go to the mini during the day, and for the kids to play is just a re-energizing, revitalizing things. We should also think about how Pirkei Elvis teaches us the importance of timing. Not to attack someone when they made a vow or not to consult someone at the wrong time. It's all about timing. Think about what happens, different times appointed throughout the year, different things, how we approach people. It's always good to consider timing. Think about how all the holidays affect us and how they should give us different aspects. As we come to Shavuos in a few weeks, think about what the appointed festivals the appointed times do for us 
and what it could bring to us throughout all of our years and hopefully leading up to the building of the third base of Megdush and Mashiach coming beforehand and revitalizing and all of us journeying back to Israel may it be soon, speedily in our days. This has been the Audio DT with Reb T and I'm your host, Reb T.